Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and I am very happy to be here. As you can see, it is Friday evening. <laughs> Once again, I'm recording this podcast later, um, but it's really nice. I'm really enjoying the kicked back pace that I'm giving myself in regards to this podcast because I'm usually extremely proactive. I am a workaholic, um, certified and confessed workaholic. Um, I really have high standards for myself and my work and giving myself permission to have this project that I love, right? Astrology now is a love child. I didn't make this with the intention of having a business, which it turned into. I made it because I love astrology and I love talking about astrology. And I felt that maybe not everyone had the opportunities to learn astrology like I did. And so I like sharing what I know if it's helpful. So anyway, I try to keep that in mind. I try to approach this podcast with love and never necessity. I never want to get on here and record a podcast and have it be this like obligation because it's an energetic infusion. If I sit down to do something that I feel obligated to do, what I produce is going to be infused with that. And of course there are going to be things in life where we have to do that. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's always a bad thing, but if I can avoid it, I want to avoid it. So thank you so much for being patient with me today and letting me post this podcast a little bit later in the day. So again, this is our new moon podcast, and we're going to be talking about the new moon, the sign that the moon will be in, the nakshatra, and some other astrological ongoings. We're going to discuss how this new moon may impact you on a personal level and then globally. So we we have some material to get into today. I just really want to brag very briefly. I started that module one training. This is the first time I'm ever doing this. I put together a group study module and I've been doing one-on-one mentoring for a while. It's been incredible. The people who I work with are fantastic. I wouldn't change it for anything. And I decided to offer something that was group based. And so people can have classmates that they connect with material that they connect with because there's the opportunity to get homework And it's been really nice. We've only met once so far, but it's been beautiful. The people are beautiful. I got their homework back and they're doing phenomenally well (laughs) on the first week. And so it's just, it's great. I love doing it. And so I plan to have these modules rolling out. I may even at some point have two different modules going at once. So definitely keep an eye out for it. Um, It is a lot of fun. The reason also that I was thinking that the group modules could be Fun is that it does give us the opportunity to connect and form community, which I know a lot of people are craving right now. Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, but I feel that it's been really difficult not to to connect with community. I am an Ashtanga teacher. I've taught Ashtanga for several years, and it's very community-based. And I didn't realize how deeply important that sense of coming home was, sense of having people who I know and connect with and communicate with. That's another thing that I love about these modules is it's we connect, like we are in the same class. We are sharing our thoughts, 
and hopefully it will continue to move in that direction um, rather than individualized learning, which is also so much fun. But again, I, I love the group. So thanks for listening to me talk about that. I'm just happy and I wanted to share. So, and if any of you are listening from the group module, I'm so happy to have you and I'm excited to see you tomorrow. So anyway, moving on with the new moon. So what we know about a new moon is that this occurs when the moon and the sun are together in the same sign and the moon becomes dark. We can no longer see the moon in the sky. This is a time of reflection, uh, turning inward. There is less light in the sky. I mean, even if you think about it, if we were to imagine a world without light, without artificial light, and if we were to step outside at night and there was a moon in the sky, it might allow us extra time for activity, for staying awake, for, you know, we're just going to be able to see more. And when the moon is dark, it takes out a pretty big chunk of light from the sky. It truly does darken the sky and make things less visible. So it's a good time to stay in. It's a good time to take precautions and be careful and be mindful. And more specifically, this moon is going to be in the sign of Cancer. Keeping in mind, I do study the sidereal zodiac. So the, if you study Western astrology, these are not going to be correct. So the moon will be in the sign of Cancer. And Cancer is about nurturing and protecting, taking care of. It's this very warm, nurturing sign. The other thing that comes with Cancerian energy is that they can be very protective of themselves and other people. But what is interesting about Cancerian energy, when we think about Cancer, it's the crab. And the crab has claws. Okay, if you've ever seen a crab in real life, it grabs something and once it latches on, it does not let go. Okay, and so this can be in regards to relationship. Cancerian energy has a, a tendency, rather it be platonic or, in, or um, a relationship, what have you, they tend to latch on and not let go. Now, it, it's also in regards to aggression, Okay, grudges. They'll hold on to grudges. They can be very volatile if they get their feelings hurt, if they feel threatened. So though this sign is so associated with all these warm, fuzzy feelings of nurturing, they can also have this pretty volatile and protective nature. So just keep that in mind, right? Now, the moon will be in the nakshatra of Pushya. Pushya nakshatra. And this nakshatra is actually extremely auspicious. This is one of the most nurture, I mean, this is the most nurturing nakshatra. It is symbolized by the cow's udder. And so when we think about traditionally what the cow's udder represents is this being able to nourish everyone, being generous, sharing. It doesn't discriminate. And that's that. I want to say motherly, but it's not exclusive to mothers. It can be warm, nurturing people. They don't discriminate against who they are taking care of, like a Mother Teresa type wanting to uh, care for everyone around them. So there's no discrimination here 
with the care that Pushya Nakshatra gives. Now, it's also optimistic and friendly and approachable. The ruler of Pushya is Saturn. And this is why things do get a little bit more interesting. When the moon is in the nakshatra of of Pushya, let's use Pushya as an example because that's what we're talking about. It's ruled by Saturn. That means that Saturn is getting a specific activation. And we could look at this at any of the nakshatras. So for example, Mars will be in the nakshatra of Ravity. Bravity is ruled by Mercury, so there's a special connection to Mercury. So that's how it works. So the moon is in Pushya, Saturn is getting activated because Pushya is ruled by Saturn, and Saturn is aspecting the moon. And the sun, right? Because the sun is also in the sign of Cancer. When the sun and Saturn are conjunct or receive aspect, it gives a difficult and confusing type of energy. And so we're going to have this for about a month. It's this push-pull between um, illumination and humility. It's, it's kind of difficult. And the sun represents the government, okay? So the sun is getting aspected by Saturn. On this day particularly, for you as an individual... I think that it is going to be very, it's an auspicious time, of course, to nurture yourself and nurture those around you. Partaking in activities of friendliness and generosity and warmth and love, I really don't recommend making any decisions out of stress or anxiety or um, insecurity or instability, okay? Moon being in Cancer is already, you know, it's warm and it's nurturing. It has all these beautiful qualities about it. And then it's also going to have those qualities of being insecure, right? Having that little vulnerability to it. When it's receiving aspect from Saturn, it is going to amplify that. So there might be some anxiety. There might be some insecurity, you know, just kind of maybe a general feeling of neediness. I would recommend harnessing the positive qualities of Saturn, which are commitment, discipline, consistency, stability. So it's creating this structure for people around us and ourselves. As people who study astrology, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because we know what to expect. It's kind of a little bit of a curse because now it's our responsibility to work with this energy in a really positive way, right? We're kind of working with that outsmarting our human nature type of stuff, which can be really difficult, but this is mindfulness. So anyway, I digress. So if you are feeling that instability or insecurity, just trying to come back to those positive aspects of Saturn, understanding that this moment will pass, that you may feel differently tomorrow than you do today and not make any decisions on that day. Don't make any big decisions on the new moon. The new moon isn't a good time to take action. And that would mean making a big decision, but it is a good time to cultivate intention. And Saturn, even though it's retrograde, it is still offering those Saturnine qualities to the moon. So it is a good time to sit and cultivate intentions around your Uh, consistency, commitment, 
reliability. And those things could be in regards to yourself, right? Pushya nakshatra is, of course, wanting to be generous and give to other people, but we really, we really learn how to nurture and take care of and give to other people when we do that for ourselves, when we do that deep interpersonal work of coming home to ourselves and finding that, not even finding because it's already in us, right? But connecting with that unshakable force within all of us, which is our direct connection to the universe, which I'm completely convinced resides in all of us. So maybe on this day, meditating on your inner security, your inner structures. And I read something recently. It was really, it's in alignment with a lot of the work I do, um, my personal work. You know, it's talking about talking to yourself like a child and supporting yourself like a child. So I'm going to go off a little bit and then I'm going to come back. Something that one of my teachers shared with me is that when we feel activated, when something around us happens and we feel activated, and that can be fear or frustration or anger or sadness, anything that activates us in a negative way, that is a wounded part of us that is trying to get our attention. So something happened, we got triggered. We're having a response to something that may have happened years ago and was never resolved. We got hurt, we got left, we got abandoned, we, you know, we weren't acknowledged. Whatever little thing it is or big thing it is, it wasn't acknowledged or um, mended with someone that we trust and loved. And so that wound kind of stayed open and now it's something that we're constantly grappling with. So when we feel those activations, it's actually an opportunity to heal some part of ourself. So maybe moving forward into this new moon, this very nurturing, very friendly, very loving, and maybe a little bit volatile and anxious moon. If you feel an activation, can you sit with yourself and ask yourself, where is it coming from? Is it true that it's this moment? Is there, I mean, it is, of course, this moment that's very real, but when did that begin? Where is that coming from? And more importantly, can you take things a little bit less personally and talk to yourself in a way that is soothing and loving and warm and something like that could be no matter what I'm not going to leave you this is talking to yourself no matter what happens I'm not going to leave you no matter what happens I'm never going to stop loving you no matter what happens I promise that you and I are going to figure this out no matter what happens I think that you're valuable because of who you are. And I know that it might sound a little bit cheesy, but you guys, it works, okay? And please keep in mind, this is not a substitute for therapy. I am not a licensed therapist yet, (laughs) but I'm not. I'm not a therapist, so this is not a substitution for therapy. Nor am I a doctor, so please do not take my medical advice without consulting your doctor, because I do plan on talking about something medical, but um, again, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Okay. Not even close. So please consult a medical professional before taking, um, anything that I say too seriously. So 
I hope that that was helpful. And again, that advice, what I was sharing earlier, I think that it is so incredibly potent in Cancerian energy because Cancerian energy is that of the mother, of the nurture. Okay. So hopefully that landed with somebody like it lands with me. You guys have no idea how many times a day I tell myself I have my own back, um, that I've got me, like I do it all the time and, uh, it works. It works for me. May not work for you. So looking at my notes, I want to see if there's anything else that I want to share about a personal, oh, Okay, it's an excellent day for service. It's a good day for serving other people. If you've been thinking about donating to a charity, it's an excellent day to donate money for charity. If you have an elderly person in your family, if you know an elderly person, it's, I mean, you know, just being kind to elderly people, serving elderly people. Saturn is elderly people as well. So um, service to others, paying homage to your ancestors, paying respect to your ancestors, and of course, always paying respect to those around us who are older. If you have a grandparent calling them, my poor grandmother is in assisted living. Bless her heart. She finally agreed to go to assisted living, and then all this COVID stuff happened. So I'm certainly going to be calling my grandmother, just showing support as well as we can. This makes Saturn happy. Saturn loves when we take care of those around us, and when we do make those gestures of servitude. So moving on to what we can expect globally. The interesting thing about this new moon is that it is taking place in the eighth house of the United States. And we know that this is a time of transformation. I do want to add on a personal level and a global level that when the sun and Saturn are being aspected in this way is it does heighten the odds of humiliation, of feeling embarrassed. The sun, it wants to shine. It wants to stand out. It wants to harness its ego. It shines. That's what it's meant to do, right? It's meant to be seen and to take up space and exert its power. Saturn likes to humble people. It likes to restrict. It likes us to be meek, so when Saturn is aspecting the sun, it could potentially set us up for embarrassment. And of course, this is going to depend on where the sun is transiting in your chart. If you're a Cancer Ascendant or a Cancer Moon, particularly being mindful. Um, maybe even a Capricorn Moon or Capricorn Rising. So see where it's happening in your chart. But thinking about the United States, I do think that there may be something that occurs that does bring some type of humility or humiliation. There's going to be something um, that has this Sun-Saturn-like aspect that occurs within the next month. And keeping in mind that this is occurring in the eighth house of the United States, so there may be some more information that comes out, hidden secrets, etc. So it is the eighth house, so it's a tough call. It may be something that's happening behind the scenes. Okay, so keeping an eye out, the sun does involve the government. Overall, I do think that July is going to be a little bit more laid back than we have seen things, um, but I do anticipate it's going to heat back up, um, which we'll get into later. But until then, I do think that July is going to be a little bit more calm. 
Um, especially because uh, Mars has moved into gravity, as I was mentioning earlier. So it's no longer activating Jupiter right now. It's activating Mercury. What that will do though, I believe is amplifying mixed messages. Okay. We really are. This confusion is going to continue for a while. Now, Mars is going to enter Aries on August 16th. And before actually getting too into Mars, I want to just cover these other ones really briefly because I want to spend a lot of time on Mars. So on July 31st, Venus is going to enter the sign of Gemini. And so Venus has been in Taurus for the last several months. When Venus enters Gemini, the tone is really going to change. So depending on where Gemini is in your chart, of course, that's going to influence you a little bit differently. So if you are a Gemini ascendant, Venus, of course, is going to move into your first house, which means Venus is going to be moving near Rahu, right? So that's going to be an interesting time. If you are a Cancer Ascendant, Venus will be in the 12th house. If you are a Sagittarius Ascendant, Venus will be in the 7th, so on and so forth. So check out your chart, whichever house Venus is transiting into, into the sign of Gemini, that's where it's going to affect you. On August 1st, Mercury is going to move into Cancer. This is also going to change the tone. We experienced Mercury retrograde in Gemini. Now Mercury is going to move into Cancer. This is really going to change how things are presented on the media and different messages that we're getting, which we'll get more into um, as the month of July moves on. August 16th, Mars is going to enter Aries. So... Mars moving into Aries, it really strengthens Mars because Mars likes being in its own sign of Aries. Mars is going to be conjunct Uranus. And Uranus is this explosive, revolutionary energy. And I shouldn't necessarily say explosive. I like to use explosive with Pluto. Okay, I like to reserve that word. But Uranus is uh, shocking. It's electricity. Um, things happen suddenly. It's sudden events. It does represent a revolution and change. So, you know, I, I feel like that there are going to be positives with this. I feel like there are going to be negatives with this. What I do think is that Mars is going to do what Mars likes to do. Okay. So I don't know how deeply I should go into that, but Mars can be aggressive with Uranus. It's surely going to bring those sudden jolts of electricity, sudden events, including Martian activities. Okay, Mars is the warrior. Mars likes conflict. So we want to keep that in mind. Mars is going to go retrograde on September 10th. And this is when things are going to get really interesting. I've been saying... Um, on the past few podcasts, when Mars goes retrograde, it doesn't know how to properly administer its energy. It's less direct. It's less organized. So when Mars goes retrograde, I do think that things are going to really heat up. I think that there will be unnecessary violence as well. Um, and I think that things are going to get pretty intense. I think things are going to be intense while Mars is retrograding. Mars is going to go direct 
Mars will move into Pisces on October 3rd and direct on November 13th. So around November 13th, once Mars go direct, goes direct, I do think that things should be relatively uh, kind of smoothing out somewhat. And then, of course, Mars will enter back into Aries in December 23rd. But once it's back in Aries in December 23rd, it's going to be back with Uranus. So um, those two months after December, I think, will continue to see some volatility until, of course, Mars enters Taurus. So hopefully y'all could catch all of that. Really, to summarize this, things are going to continue to be heated up. And when that planet Mars goes retrograde, which it does not retrograde super often, Mars is one of the um, least frequently retrograding, doesn't retrograde super often, it is going to turn things up a little bit. And what does that mean for us? It means that you and I, we need to do our best to be understanding and compassionate and move slowly and not perpetuate any unnecessary violence on one another. That's what I personally believe if we can all contribute to that. So I hope that this podcast was helpful. The one other thing I wanted to mention, going back to the nourishment, I said I was going to talk about medical stuff. So here we go. I actually have a doctor um, who I work with in astrology. And so she might be listening to this and (laughs) hopefully she nods her head and the information I'm giving is somewhat accurate. Um, In terms of nourishing, when we think about nourishing ourselves, the input through our body is our way of receiving nourishment. And so that is through our mouth. It can be through our nose. It can be through our ears. It can be through our eyes. Anything that allows us to consume our environment is going to contribute to our peace of mind, our state of mind, the fluctuations of our mind, which cause a lot of suffering for a lot of people, um, and can really just change how we're feeling. Something that a lot of people don't know that I didn't know is that the majority of our serotonin, which is how we become happy, is in our gut. It's actually in our stomach. And so we keep learning more and more information about how our gut is actually so much more intelligent than it was previously given credit for. And so this is acknowledging, right? I mean, there's a lot of research around this about how there is an intelligence in the body, not just in the mind. And if you are interested in learning more about this, Daniel Segal writes about it quite a bit in his book, Mindful Therapist. So if you're interested, he talks about the intelligence of the body. Anyway, moving back towards what we're fueling our body with, though we consume with all of our senses, we consume music, we consume sense, we consume visuals, all of this is a way of consumption. Our mouth is our way of receiving nutrients. And so when we're eating, where we're eating, what we're eating, this is all going to massively contribute to our health and our wellness. So I do encourage you to sit down when you eat, um, really just take a moment and find gratitude for your food, eat slowly, let it be a little ritual for yourself, and paying attention, noticing how that changes, if that changes. And of course, you know, listening to music or 
what you're choosing to watch. Is it scaring you? Are you choosing to watch things that scare you? I do that to myself and I'm like, why do I do this? I'm consuming something that is clearly getting a negative reaction in my body, but my mind, right? There's like some, um, little addiction there or something. So just being mindful of what you're doing that your body is having a response to that isn't good. Choosing to do what is nourishing and protective for your body. Again, kind of playing into that moon. New moon. And the other thing is, this is part this is part of my service to you for this new moon. So hopefully this is an act of service, it's an act of nurturing for me to all of you listening. Please be mindful about your quality of sleep and your vitamins and your minerals and your D3. Keep in mind, I am not a health professional. Consult with your medical professional before taking any medical advice from me. I've been doing a lot of research on D3, and it seems like that a deficiency of D3 is, first of all, extremely common because we're not outside in the natural environment receiving sunlight. And it's also, it plays a role in like everything bad. Like when you Google diseases and these different illnesses, D3 is almost always involved. And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I'm serious. It's like autoimmune disease, breast cancer. It's the list goes on and on. So please be mindful of all this. Talk to your healthcare professional. The reason that I'm sharing is because these are things that I don't really feel like are prevalent until they're an issue. I never knew anything about this in my life. Okay. This is something very new to me. So please make sure that you are getting your vitamins and minerals, do what you need to do. You might want to get tested. I mean, especially if you're, if you're younger and you've had no health issues ever, these deficiencies take a long time to show up. So start taking care of that now and hopefully prevent illnesses from occurring. I wish that somebody had told me all of this. So hopefully it serves someone somewhere. And again, I don't mean this to scare anybody. I just want everyone to be proactive and to really take ownership of your health. Stay up to date on how your body is doing before something does go wrong. I hope that this was helpful for you. I am going to enjoy a very quiet evening. My work is dwindling I have two more hours of my internship left, which means I have two more meetings with my supervisors and then I'll be done with those. I have a little bit of a personal reflection to finish and then one other assignment and I'm done. And I'm done, 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 done with grad school. So I'm really absorbing how good it feels and my hours are going to increase in terms of how often I can do readings. So I've gotten emails from people saying that they haven't scheduled a reading because they don't want to stress me out. And I think that that is so incredibly sweet and I appreciate you so much, but I promise I wouldn't make my hours available unless I could do it. So if you want to book a reading, please go ahead and book a reading. Um, and if you want to do that, email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. Visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. I am so grateful for you and I hope that you have a wonderful day. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.